It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. These guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. You have stumbled into one of the top 100 basketball podcasts in America, according to the Apple charts, everyone. We did it. We've peaked as high as, I think, 52 this offseason, and we're looking to crack the top 50 at some point on our journey here. That's our goal. We're just, you know, we should just spam dumb episodes in the offseason to see if we can, you know, just get on and maybe we get on and talk about the Warriors just to, like, you know, spam the system. I know I I'm still trying. You've helped me, but I'm still trying to figure out some of these ratings and rankings. And it's very random. Very it, random. It's pretty random. Um, but it does. Uh, I've said my piece in the past about someone like maybe Nate Duncan or John Hollinger, and every time I check and see Flagrant Howls above their podcast, uh, it does bring me great delight. <laughs> so it, it's cool. I mean, we've we've talked about this before. We're very much in off season mode. Um, but we've only done this for a year. So shout out to everyone that's listening. It's been a fun therapeutic thing on my end i think it's been fun for phil as well oh yeah and uh it is it's the number one lifestyle podcast. we have a lot of lifestyle topics today that i, I we can get into but uh what's i don't know what's on your mind what's up happy yeah. wednesday happy wednesday to you as well just a quick uh reminder that as of last week on scorenorth.com slash shop you can use the promo code flagrant uh for 15 percent off flagrant howls hoodies and t-shirts so we're trying to we're trying to uh, spread the word about this podcast here. So scorenorth.com, that's S-K-O-R-North.com slash shop. And you can use the promo code flagrant for 15% off your your flagrant howls, hoodies, and T-shirts. I've seen a few people have have been uh, repping those. So thank you, everybody. Let's start with you. So you kind of sent me a, a just this is almost going to be like a few things to clear off our plates here, talkers-wise. Um, and maybe you even have some inside information now that you're like reporter Kyle hanging out at blackjack tables with, you know. <laughs> NBA luminaries, but uh, what's this nugget about Nas Reed apparently took less money, like he had a bigger deal potentially on the table if he had gone through to free agency, and he elected to take a little bit less money and less term, right, to stay with the Timberwolves? Yeah, so shout out to our friend and my my business associate, Dane Moore, but he uh, he got that nugget, I believe, in Vegas, 
and he had it on his latest podcast. Um, but yeah, essentially, it appears that Nas had other offers out there. Um, and we had kind of heard that or maybe assumed it. Like we always thought, you know what? He would look well in a Spurs uniform next to Wemby or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that he had an offer on the table from the Cavaliers that was kind of like the Max Struess deal that you saw Max Struess get. Um, and so again, shout out to Dane for reporting that. It is, it's a weird one because like Nas resigns with the Wolves and assumingly takes less money to to stick with Ant, to stick with Jaden, to stick with this organization. But he's behind two bigs, right? Like that's like how, what's the playing time? Well, in Cleveland, it wasn't really any clearer because they have Jared Allen, they have Evan Mobley. So he would have presumably signed there as another third big. Um, and Cleveland's in a weird spot with their roster a little bit. Their fans kind of have turned on Jared Allen. Like who knows what Donovan Mitchell is doing? So all in all, this is just to sum up the Nas summer. And also shout out to Nas. He was, I think, selected for the U.S. Select team, which is basically the team Ant was on a year ago mm-hmm. that he actually sprained his ankle and we all freaked out. Um, so Nas will be part of USA basketball. He's not going to be actually going to like the World Cup stuff. But for a guy that was undrafted out of LSU to now be like pseudo representing his country is a big deal. But yeah, it just goes back to the culture thing. You and I always hit on all the time. Like you were able to sell this guy on taking less money, whether because of Ant or Chris Finch or the organization. And I think that's a pretty big deal because if nothing else, Phil, who else has done that? Who else is just like, yeah, I'm going to take less money to stay in Minnesota. Yeah. And it's, it's been such an impossible time basically since Kevin Garnett left for this organization to build any semblance of a long-term culture, right? Right. Yep. Yep. It just feels like once they get something going for two or three years, it then gets dismantled in some way, rightfully so in most cases, but you know, they sputtered from, so KG got traded in 2007 and then 09 was the infamous Steph Curry draft. So, but 09 mm-hmm. was like, and God, David Kahn, but they, but they draft and no, 08 was the Kevin Love draft. So they drafted Kevin Love in 08, right? Yep. And then Ricky Rubio in 09. And obviously it would have, would have been nice to, uh, you know, not draft Johnny Flynn or even Rubio and draft Curry instead. But like, but they had something starting in like 2010 when Rubio, Rubio actually the first part of that lockout season and the Wolves were fighting for the eighth seed playing the Kobe Bryant Lakers and they were right in that game in the second half and that's when Rubio blew his knee out. So they kind of like, oh, we're here. We're building something finally a few years after KG left and then Rubio blows his knee out. And then Rubio comes back and then Kevin Love breaks his hand doing something, knuckle push-ups, punching somebody. You know, <laughs> like... And then so so like that whole thing never got going and there was multiple coaches and then it gets kind of you know woven into okay Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and then Zach Levine and then Flip Saunders tragically passes away and now the franchise is in weird turmoil it's like whether it's through forces of just bad luck or self-inflicted you know ownership and front office things they've just had 15 years of not being able to build a culture and mm-hmm. Nas Reed is just a piece to the puzzle, but I do feel like he's a culture guy. Mm-hmm. I do feel like him turning down a bigger contract to stay here says something about the way people feel, despite the fact that you had some people punching each other like on the bench last year. Right. It does feel like players like Finch, uh, Tim Connolly has made a great impression behind the scenes, despite what the public opinion is about him and the Rudy Gobert trade. So maybe, maybe, Kyle, 
they're on the verge of actually building with Anthony Edwards at the center of it, kind of a sustainable thing that people want to be a part of long term. I guess that's the that would be the best case scenario here. Yeah, there's no there's no culture box score, right? Like that's what makes this all so tough is that you can't. How do you quantify what culture is, or how do you quantify any of this stuff? Um, and to Dane's reporting, I think this is an actual tangible thing you can kind of quantify to is like players taking less money to stay where they are. Uh, that's a big deal. It also kind of ties just into what I believe is we're, we're going through it now, but it really started with the season that Ant had becoming an all-star and then the, the media stuff at the end of the season where Tim Connor is like, yeah, everything we do now revolves around this kid. Um, Ant plays a big role in that too. We it's very well reported that like Ant and Nas and Ant and Jade and those guys have a super tight relationship. Mm-hmm. A lot of that's just it kind of came in at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you know there's a segment of fans that at the end of the day just finally win games or finally win a playoff series. That'll be when I respect your culture. Totally get it. But this behind the scenes stuff of like you know if Nas really did say no, I don't want that much money. I'll take less, but I just want to stay here. That's a pretty big feather in the cap for for the other stuff that Tim Conley was noted for, not just the actual transactions. Yeah. By the way, like since we're kind of we're, we're kind of on the like the hopeful, optimistic, you know, spectrum here. I saw you post that video of Anthony Edwards playing in what was that pickup game he was playing in? I think it's just like summer runs. I, it probably was in Atlanta. I saw okay. I think Cam Reddish was in it. Uh who's a friend of Ant's and he was cooking him. And then there was another guy. He used to play for the Lakers. I can't remember. Uh, he was like nicknamed the mini Mamba. I think um, Andrew Gruelock or something. I'm, but anyway, okay. go back to it. But, but what I was going to ask is, and I think I know your answer. Am I the only one that watches these videos and thinks, God, like he looks a little taller and he just, like, I don't know what he's been doing the last two months since the wolves got bounced from the playoffs, but he looks better since the last time we saw these are also just random pickup games against, you know, whoever's he's not, he's not playing like the nuggets, but he just like, I, I, I love the videos that are being sent out because it just, it, it looks like he's obsessed with becoming the best player in the world. When I, we've, I've told the blackjack story or whatever. Uh, but when I was hanging out with, I'm not hanging out by any means, but when I was sitting next to him <laughs> and hanging out with some of his friends, uh, I remember he had, I had said this, he had like a cutoff hoodie or whatever. Um, and one of his friends had mentioned that was the day that he signed his extension, but they pushed the extension back just a little bit in the day, the signing of it, because Ant wanted to get a workout it. Uh, mm-hmm. If I had like $260 million on the table, I would literally just get up, drink coffee and sprint to it and be like, let's get that done first. I can go bench later. But it does kind of, as you watch this kid develop and his body, that's what I took away from the video is like his body. He does like, I don't know if it's the Michael Jordan haircut or whatever, but he looks just thicker, but not thick like he did in Vegas last year, where it was like, oh, he's a little, he's a little poofy. It's it's more cut. He's working on his body. Also in that video, the crazy thing is, it was the, it wasn't the speed that I was like wowed by. It was like the pace, the, the like, fluidity. Yeah, he's starting to do some of that Kyle Anderson stuff, or just any good awesome player in the league, where it's like he's actually slowing down his game, which is like. Well, that the, was dude, dude, Dwayne. That's Dwayne Wade, right? Yeah. You think about, yeah. you know, and, du- and Dwayne Wade even made the comparison himself saying that guy is the next me if he keeps mm-hmm. doing this. And when you think about Dwayne Wade's game, yes, there were moments, especially early in his career, where he could burst by anyone. He he was really like scoring 25 points a game off athleticism and getting to the rim. 
But then there was this other dimension to his game, and Kobe was the same way, where it looked like they were slow motion. Mm -hmm. It was like the Matrix. They were slow motion getting to places on the court to create some space. And it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch. And, like, LeBron's kind of the opposite, where LeBron has spent 20 years just, like, powering his way to different places on the court. But there is a certain, like, artful fluidity to Kobe, Dwayne Wade, and I think that's where Ant's game has to go. I think he can do the LeBron, you know, power your SUV through the lane thing with the best of them, too, because he's got the size to do it. But you're right, dude. Like, him kind of finessing his way to certain places on the court that's a, that's the Dwayne Wade sort of holy grail to his game that could he, be maybe unlocked this year. He has fourth gear down by now. We know that. It's yeah. it's when you can pivot down to second gear and then right back to fourth gear. Like it's just those start and stop things that make him in that video again, yes, the competition is very low. There's some NBA guys in there and he's just dictating every time the ball's in his hands like this is where I'm going to go. I'm just going to use my strength down by the basket, but I'm also going to use my creativity and my ball handling. Uh, that was one thing that his friends were saying is like, Ant's just working on ball handling all the time, which I don't know if you can ever get enough ball handling in your portfolio. Um, yeah. uh, just being able to get where you want with the ball is very important. So yeah, uh, Nas Reed, Anthony Edwards, uh, all part of that growing culture that at the end of the day will be measured by wins and losses. But to, re- to retain Nas, I mean, there's a summer... <laughs> again the bar every time i try to make a comp to the past is so low but there is a summer in the past where it's like the wolves lose nas reed and hasn't signed his extension yet because he maybe he wants to look glenn taylor in the eye and make glenn promise some stuff and that Jay, like it's just it's been a nice not messy summer so far uh and maybe they can get that Jaden deal done by the start of the season but you've kind of hit on all your big dominoes for a team that is pretty adamant that they want to run it back by the way, uh, Doogie reported on our Mackie and Judd scoop session with him the other day on our Mackie and Judd podcast that it's kind of just like really slow moving right now with Jaden McDaniel's contract talk. Mm-hmm. So, dude, I mean, you kind of hinted at this, but I do wonder if that thing just does it make more sense for him. I mean, it's obviously a little bit risky if you're turning down like $100 million, but does it make more sense for him to not sign a contract right now? Yeah. I mean, he's got a tough agent. I, I think it gets done. And like Doogie said too, like they're both sides are motivated. Okay. It's also just I mean, literally, truly like these guys do try to find some window to have an off season as NBA has gone 365 days a year. Uh, so maybe things will pick up come September by all accounts. He likes being here. I mean, again, too, like Jaden is tied to Ant just as much as Nas is tied to Ant. And I don't think Jaden's got his sights set elsewhere. Um, but in any of this stuff, until a deal is done, you do kind of worry. But th- that one's going to be a tough one to negotiate, like Doogie said, because it's not just, yep, here, and here's the max. It's, you know, I'm sure J- if you offered Jaden the max, you would take it. But you are in a financial crunch that you're going to have to try to hardball probably every dollar you can and incentives and all this stuff. So maybe he does wait. I still think it gets done. But um, that would kind of be the cherry, I think, right on the Sunday of this offseason is is getting Ant, Jaden, and Nas essentially locked up long-term. Do you think there's any risk? I tend to think that you are you would be buying low on Jaden McDaniels. I think you'd be – You it might feel like an like if you're paying him $25 million a year right now, it might feel like an overpay, even though he's one of the best defensive mm-hmm. players in the league. But I do think if you look back in three – I think in three years from now, he's going to be a guy that's probably averaging like 
18 to 20 points a night, efficient offensively, and one of the best defensive players in the league. Do you think there's any, and I know I'm asking this to like the number one Jaden McDaniels oh, yeah. stand no on the here. internet. Is there any chance that they would give him a nine figure contract over four years or whatever? And that in two years, you'd say, mm, God dang it. That was, he, he didn't develop the way that we anticipated. All bias aside, like, no, because he's shown you enough with his three point shot that it's not only respectable, but can just continue to get better mm -hmm. but the defensive part of it and not just being you know the defense is is unique to discuss because like josh okoge is really good at defense right but you wouldn't give him nine figures but Jaden is just physically taller and longer and also can shoot better right or also can like i, I would say not that it'll happen but like the Jaden mcdaniels extension is more of like the wiggins situation where it's like just promise me you'll continue to get better I think he's going to get better. He's posting a lot of summer run videos as well, but um, the expectation would be like, you can't just give us 12 and five, even if you're giving us all first team defense, because, and this always segues for me into Carl. It's like, if, if you do find out down the road that you're going to have to move Carl because you either want to for the assets you can get back or because financially you, you're forced to, who is your next, like, who is your second scorer? There are, you know, the NBA teams, like, who find, you know, even, like, Jamal Murray was, like, their score, but, like, Nicole Jokic would get you 30 every single time. Who is your second scorer on this team? That would have to be Jaden. So, no, to, that was a lot of words to say no. Uh, yeah, there's no, no way a, a deal would be – there's no there's no deal south of, like, $30 million that you would sign for Jaden that's, like, I'm worried about that looking like a bad contract, especially when the cap goes up and these TV deals. Um but, I mean, I guess you could say 1% yes worry if, like, you ended up having to give him a max contract. There's just a lot of money for a guy that, facts are facts, like, did average, like, 12 points last year. Yeah. Uh, like, so. if, if he never got better, he's still awesome. a really yeah. good, like, rotation player, right? Mm -hmm. he's, he, he'd have to be the fourth guy on a team that wants to win a championship, this version of him. But, yeah, is there a level to his progression where he is the second best player on a team that can get to the Western conference finals or something. That's what I'm and, curious. And to maybe see. he just, you know, maybe he's like, I love it here. I'm going to get paid, whatever. But an agent's job is to really, I mean, you probably know this way more. They're just working in the industry for so long. Agents suck. Like they're just snakes really. Right. Like they're, they're, they want to get tough. that the it's most tough. money they can. So not all I of them are, but they're, yeah. But like generally it's, yeah, you're there to get as much money as you can for, the client yeah. so if i'm jaden's agent and it's like hey you gave up all those extra picks because you didn't want to give up my guy and your defensive like your best defensive player is my guy and your franchise player aunt loves my guy like why would they accept five years 100 million right just keep yeah. driving that price up so uh we could see a stalemate they're, they're not really in a rush on either side to get it done whether between now and october when the deadline is or dragging it into next summer but I have no worries that he's going to not be here as long as Anthony Edwards is going to be here. Yeah. Uh, we will get to some feedback, by the way, some feedback questions, just kind of combing through the flagrant howls slash score North YouTube channel comments. And hopefully there's a Kyle's question of the week that we can get to. Uh, too. I might open if a not, can of worms with this if, one, but yeah. Okay. I was going to say, if not, you got some time to think <laughs> of one, but uh, I'm going to keep going through the checklist that you texted me last night here. And I'm going to spin the wheel of, of talkers here. Uh, you have a fun Gerson Rosas update. Yeah, I haven't seen this. I'm not in the reporting game, and I don't really want to tweet it out because uh, I don't think that man likes me. 
um, for a litany of reasons. But I did notice through a legitimate source, he recently put his house up for sale. Uh, so for the very low price of $3.96 million, uh, you too could live close to, I, I guess it's not Lake Calhoun anymore. Is that James? Uh, yeah, it's, and I don't admittedly know how to pronounce it, but they did change it from Lake Cal- Calhoun. Yes. Okay. So he had a pretty sweet, and I think if you go look it up online, you can find it, but he had a pretty sweet place there. Uh, I remember doing Zoom interviews with him uh, when he was doing media stuff during COVID. He had this specific setting that overlooked his really sick pool. But uh, yeah, he had been, despite being, you know, kicked out a couple of years ago, he had still been spending a lot of time in the area. Uh, I think he spent a lot of summers here. Austin Rivers actually was subleasing that house from Gerson uh, when Austin was playing here. So if nothing else, it is an end of an era or error, I guess. Uh, Gerson Rosas will no longer be a Minnesota resident. Uh, mm. So if you need a house, uh, go look online. 3.96 you know, million. Gerson and I, st- so he was a, a good friend of the Mackie and Judd podcast for a couple years. He made several appearances. Was always He was always great to us and fun. And he did put together the bones of a really good roster. Yeah, he was good. Before, <laughs> he was good at his job. Before things kind of fell apart behind the scenes. Um, we still follow each other on Instagram. So I would, I would say go. that Gers and I are still on pretty good terms here. Um, but uh, I, wonder if, I wonder if he, just based on his body of work as a roster builder at a couple different spots, right? Does he get another job or did some of the interpersonal stuff, do you think, you think that just scares teams off at this point? Not just like the relationship, which we don't have to get into that, but just some of the stuff that came out about the way he treats people behind the scenes. I just, I wonder if, cause his resume would say, wow, he like built a wolves playoff team. And there's only like two guys who've ever done that. You know, there's two ways to go with that. Like, yes, he had the first overall pick. You just kind of take ant, but he did take ant. And that wasn't nearly as clear back then as it was now. Yeah. He found Jade McDaniels. Well, the counter to that is he took Balmero before McDaniels. Um, but he did a lot of good stuff and was really good at what the main highest percentages would be listed on his job description. The interpersonal stuff was a little tough, but by all accounts, this I heard this in Vegas. I heard this when he came to their playoff series last year and basically showed up at Target Center where he was kind of disgracefully let go um, mm-hmm. with James Dolan's son, so the owner of the Knicks' son, and because he had a Dolan with him, who was essentially an owner, basically there's like an unwritten rule in the league where you can just kind of go do whatever you want. So I remember hearing like last year during the playoffs against the Grizzlies, the Gerst was like walking around the training facility and doing all stuff, which is like super weird, right? Like you were fired basically. Um, but it, it seems like he is running the Knicks to answer your kind of question. So I don't know if it's official title uh, Leon Rose is there as well for kind of the relationship stuff with all his former clients. But yeah. you you talk to some people and they're like, the transactions that you see the Knicks make are Gerson Rosas pulling the strings. So, And if he sucks at the interpersonal stuff, who better to work for than James Dolan? Because that he's not going to oh, call man. you on that stuff. So it's kind God. of a best of both worlds. You get to run one of the most lucrative teams in the league and that has a bunch of assets while also not having to worry about your personal affairs no pun intended, because your boss doesn't really care. God, James Dolan, man. Is there like a... It, it's kind of miraculous that guys like that are just allowed to sad sack their way as owners in these in these. He's leagues. probably on the Mount Rushmore of like... So we lost... Um, I'm drawing a blank, but when Donald Sterling, like he he was outed. Yeah. And then uh, they lost um, Sarver for the Suns. 
And then Daniel Snyder just had to had to got six billion dollars right to sell the Washington Commanders. So once you get Dolan out, I don't really know who the next bad owner would be, like well, in terms I, of really bad person. But that's the thing, bad persons, because Glenn, Glenn Taylor in the last twenty five years, they're almost thirty years now, right. is absolutely in the running. Um, I don't. I, I think you named a couple guys like Daniel Snyder is probably the George Washington on the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> But, like, Glenn Taylor is in the 10. He's in mm-hmm. the 10 for the last 25 years, but he's not a bad human. Mm-hmm. He's the op- he's, a, he's a great person. His wife, like, they're not seen as conniving scumbags. I'm sure there's probably been business. You don't become a billionaire without stepping on some people. But, um, but, but I guess at the very least, if your franchise is going to have a bad owner and a garbage team, at least – And, uh, you know, like treat everyone the way they deserve to be treated. Um, Speaking of the Knicks, by your... the way, Nate Knight mm-hmm. signed yeah. a two-way with the Knicks. So Right. That's next on your list here. All what right. was your he, favorite he... Nate Knight Timberwolves moment? Uh, every time he passed, which was never. <laughs> <laughs> um, that man got in and played pickup basketball. And he he's physically dominant. Uh, I think for him, if he was four inches taller, he might <laughs> he might have a max contract. Uh, he's just like an undersized four. Like he reminds me of like Craig Smith or some of those other guys that just he can get above the rim, but he's just short arms and stuff. So yeah, I think he signed a two way with the Knicks. He'll probably have an opportunity there to play. Doesn't do a lot of defense. He was also beloved no. as part of that young core uh, in Minnesota too. Just the young guys loved him. He was a gym rat. So truly happy for him because you're starting to see now a lot of there's like a weird list of still unsigned guys. Austin Rivers is one of them. It's like those guys can probably still contribute, but. Nate Knight's basketball dream continues. He'll probably get some a chance with the Knicks, but uh, he is no longer a part of the Minnesota Timberwolves. So we say good night to Nate Knight. I love that he came in when the Wolves just were unprepared in game one against the Nuggets and got smoked by 30 or whatever it was. And so Nate Knight came in, played four minutes, jacked up a couple three. He went one for four in four minutes, jacked up two threes, uh, committed two fouls, and turned the ball over. Just yep. uh just a bull in a china shop and a blowout game. That was probably my favorite. Nate Knight coming into Game One against the the Nuggets. All right, let's 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 show him who Nate Knight is here and see if we can turn this series around. Um, all right, let's get to some feedback here on Flagrant House, presented by our friends Kyle over at Miller Marine and Power Lodge. These glorious Bennington pontoons that mm-hmm. you see on the Score North YouTube channel right now are available, and there's yeah, there's a ton of summer left. People get all weird about the 4th of July means that, like, it's almost the end of summer. No, it doesn't. You know, you, first of all, you get another week of, Ju- of July. You got all of August. I know that kids go back to school, but there's still, like, weekends and and uh, maybe early evenings throughout all of September here in the Twin Cities. So if you haven't checked out the selection, the world's largest Bennington selection, by the way, Miller Marine and St. Cloud, and the three uh, Minnesota locations for Power Lodge, MillerMarine.com, PowerLodge.com, and you can also support us by supporting our sponsors. So get on out there. It's Mackie here. And a shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples even. So I am an allergy sufferer. And it's uh, it's rough sometimes with stuffy, runny nose. For me, it can be like dry, scratchy eyes, throat, even just feeling tired. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe 
better. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief. Just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D or ask for Claritin D at your pharmacy counter. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. That's Claritin.com. Use as directed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, let's go with, you know, let's, I, I want to answer this one because I think there are some people that are confused over the last three weeks. So, uh, Slade Western in the YouTube comment section says, I wasn't sure this is on our last episode. I wasn't sure if I was getting Kyle and Phil or Judd and Declan and Phil admittedly, um, Judd and Declan do watch games, but I don't like this mixed branding. So I just want to clarify. So flagrant howls is stronger as the home of all of our score North Timberwolves content. Um, like, I don't know know if you see like the ringer NBA show has different iterations within it, for instance, and there's different, like, so we will label, I don't know if you hate me and Kyle together, we will label that's me, Judd and Declan. If you hate uh, Judd and Declan, we will make sure that we label in the description. That's me and Kyle so that you aren't getting duped or something. If you just want to listen to me and Kyle talk Timberwolves, you can check out those episodes of Flagrant Howls, but um, we just want to make sure that we're we're doing the best to distribute our Timberwolves content in the way that is the most effective for us. So it has it has, it it actually has helped us sort of like climb rankings and and uh, and just like grow overall numbers because now you can find these conversations in both the Mackie and Judd podcast feed and the Flagrant Howls podcast feed. So I don't know. I I'm, well, I don't expect everyone to like everything when you go into a restaurant here, but that's the way that we're sort of. Um, you know, fortifying our wolves content vertical, if you will. Well, and if 
anyone is curious about how this stuff works, like and how the sausage is made, you did hit me up before any of that happened and be like, are you cool with this? Because Flagrant House was Flagrant House was a random name I've had tattooed in my brain for about nine years. So uh <laughs> but I I mean I was all for it. I I really do love um I just think the more perspectives you have, even if you don't agree with them, the better, because then maybe it makes you fortify your opinion more with the one you do like. So I really do like, I mean, also too, like Judd is at a lot of basketball games when I'm covering those games, like he's there too. Declan's great. So I think having more opinions, the better. Um, and I appreciate everyone that continues to kind of, as we grow this, cause this isn't like a pivot because it's not successful. It's a pivot because it's growing. So yeah. knowing at score North where to go, when you just want to talk about, the Timberwolves are here about the Timberwolves, I think it was a really good idea. So Yeah, and within that, like, if you just prefer me and Kyle, that's fine. That's awesome, and we appreciate that. Um, we're going to, hopefully, if if you're interested, still, like, at least a couple episodes a week once yeah, the yeah. season starts yeah, again. So you'll, you'll be hearing plenty of us throughout the, the season. I And I, I really do try to keep all this to the minimum, but, like, I do have a, I'm using my lunch break right now. Like, I'm trying to, I do have a full-time regular job. Uh, I haven't taken my content kyle to a full-time status um so it's hard to do daily podcasts but i oh, think like, it's if that ever happens and if we are ever to help make that happen that would be badass so keep if you keep hammering flagrant howls in any iteration <laughs> maybe it's the path for content kyle to come out full-time yeah, at some yeah. point. Yeah. please yeah please uh <laughs> send me a bennington pontoon and also uh maybe a 401k or health insurance uh but no i'm, I'm excited I, I like how i'm a score north guy so i've i've liked how you've re kind of branded on the fly of like this sport is on this show. Uh, the Twins show coming back has been great. You've kind of amped up or pumped up the Twins and brought them back to life. So I like what you're doing. Um, but we'll have a lot, a lot of podcasts coming out once the season starts again. So good question. Yes. Some mixed reaction on the YouTube comment sections about you went on uh, a, what I thought was a great rant about some of the cat trade conversation. Oh, shoot. So okay. some some people are are mad because... You know, like I'll read you two of them. So this is from uh, Vandy. Let's see. Oh, Van uh, Van Diggy. This anti-trade cat rant just assumes that they would get garbage for cat in a trade. Cat can't be a salary dump. Um, he's valuable enough that you would get good pieces back. So that's one side of it. And then um, Heathy four six two seven on YouTube says, "I'm glad Kyle stepped up and said what he said." The podcast has been way too slanted against Carl Anthony Towns. Balance is a good thing. So I don't know if you have just any follow-ups now that you've kind of you well, know, I mean, thinking I, on I, this for a couple of weeks and stewing on it, I'm sure. About your I do read right? all the comments. I do really appreciate having a comment section. It's cool to connect and get ideas or see what people then like. Uh, anytime anyone agrees with me, like Heathy, I'm going to side with them. But no, I just, it, it's kind of what we're trying to do here as well is just bring different perspectives on all this stuff. Um, in terms of actually trading Carl, like John Krasinski was on the Zach Lowe podcast the other day. I don't think at this point, because of what other teams either have for assets or I think Carl is just more valuable than most do, but he's not as valuable as Joel Embiid. And you could even disagree with that, but how are you going to, I mean, it's the defending MVP. So if you're like a Knicks, why would you use all of your ammo on Carl when you might be nine months away from being able to get him beat mm-hmm. or, you know, Devin Booker or something, Giannis, you know, so honest, man, you're honest. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's maybe not so much always about Carl, even the podcast stuff aside or whatever, or the lack of playoff success. It's just 
there's more valuable cars on the market or that could be on the market that you want to save your money for. And if those don't become available, then you pivot to Carl. So when we saw it with Delo again, like totally different player than Carl, way less valuable in my opinion, but you just got to find that right window where the asset is worth more. And right now that asset Carl is worth more to Minnesota than it is. Uh, I think to probably any other 29 teams. Yeah. I, I've, this is like the third year in a row where I've gone through the like my se- my seasons of how I feel about Carl Anthony Towns. So at the at the end of the season, especially after the Memphis series, but even like a little bit after this Denver series, he he flared up and kind of kind of gave you some temperamental cat at times. But I I, I get so frustrated with his catisms, as this audience knows, and I just need a breather from him. I need to explore trade ideas. And I, by the way, I do believe some of the buzz from like, you know, SNY was reporting on the Zach Lowe podcast that that the Wolves had had conversations involving cats. So I do, I do think the Wolves have taken the temperature. I do believe that to be the case. They're not desperate to get rid of him necessarily, but I have to go through my own like, okay, he's driving me nuts. Okay, let's explore what the solution could be. Okay, it's probably going to be another year of Carl Anthony Towns, and I would say now more than ever. I'm just really curious, you know, eight years in the league, much closer to 30 than he's ever been, obviously. Um, it's now been decided. It's no longer this awkward dance of, like, who's the leader of the franchise. I mean, it's been flat out said by the leadership of the franchise that this is Anthony Edwards is the guy that we're building around. So I'm I'm now kind of excited and curious to see, okay, Cat, come back healthy. You didn't, you know, you're coming out the 53 missed games. Um You've said a bunch of weird stuff this summer in the media, but I'm I want to see how this fits together again. I'm just sort of I'm willing to I'm back into like a new season of my of my Carl Anthony Towns uh winter to spring feelings, he, I guess. <laughs> and we'll save all this for like October or September when we start really previewing the upcoming season. But uh he is no spoiler alert, he is number one on the storylines for me in terms of players I'm most excited to watch this yeah. upcoming season. Because as we mentioned earlier with Nas being on like the select team for FIBA, um, Ant's clearly on the real team. Rudy's playing for France. Nikhil's playing for Canada. Kyle Anderson just became a Chinese citizen, Mm. which this is for another day. But I think he actually had to maybe give up his American citizenship. Uh, I don't know if that, but that's Mm, so, but so he's over there too. So long story short, Carl is probably the freshest he's ever been. He's working out at this performance center down in L.A., uh, that's kind of known for getting guys in pretty good shape, but he's going to be coming into this the freshest. Um, he is very online, so he probably has heard all of this stuff about trades and whatnot, and he's also probably heard internally and externally, like, this is now Ant's team. So if you could just boil it down to as simple as, if Carl outplays Ant in this upcoming season, I don't know how we would be doing anything other than shirtless podcasts, because that oh would just God. tell yeah. you, right, like, that's, that is going to be phenomenal for this team. And maybe him with a chip on his shoulder is a, a you know, a, a dark cat would be a good thing for this team. Yes. You know what? Okay. I'm glad you brought this up. This is not going to be like an anti-cat thing. I'm just, this is more just kind of reasoning. And, you know, when I watched the, the Kirk Cousins Netflix documentary, Kirk in the first episode, have you watched this thing yet? The eight part? I have. I'm glad you're bringing I mean, listen, you talk about it on Purple Daily, but I'm glad we can talk about it now. So Kirk read a quote or cited a quote in the first episode saying, you know, something like, uh, you know, if he walked on water, his critics would say that he can't swim. 
saying that basically yeah. saying that hey my critics it doesn't matter what i do they're always going to find a flaw with it and i disagree with that and i actually put i put kirk and carl in a similar bin of really good players not currently going to be mistaken for the patrick mahomes and the nikola jokic of their positions they're a tier below they definitely deserve to make a lot of money they're definitely you know going to be in the mix for like Pro Bowls and whatever, and and third team All NBAs, but when you're getting paid max contracts or quarterback contracts, and especially in Cat's case, when you were the number one pick and you've shown flashes of these unicorn abilities, you can't like when Kirk says that, it's like no, dude, you're you're being criticized because you don't walk on water like Joe Burrow does and Josh Allen does and Patrick Mahomes does, but you get paid to walk on water. Maybe that's not your fault because, like, of course you're going to say yes to a massive contract. But Carl Anthony Towns, as a super max player, former number one overall pick, is being paid to walk on walk on water, meaning play like Jokic, play like Embiid, play like one of the top players in the world. And he gives you glimpses of it. But then in some of the biggest games, it's like, dude, we really need you to walk on water tonight. Look at Jokic is over there. He's 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 moonwalking on water. Look at him over there. He's Michael. <laughs> Je- Look at him. He's on a Bennington. He's off a of Bennington. We need you to walk on like if you if you did that if Jokic is walking on water if Mahomes Joe Burrow you know like the top five quarterbacks in the league if if that's what walking on water is if you did that you'd still get a little criticism from some pockets but people would laud and applaud you if you got to that level so I'm kind of lumping Cat in with something Kirk said but I, but those guys are like so similar in so many ways to me I like that a lot. Uh, you like that. Uh, I'm wondering if <laughs> I don't even know if I'm disagreeing with you, but when you were talking about all that stuff, I was thinking about Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis had, I don't know if it's personality, wise, but he just got a lot of the same kind of criticism mm-hmm. early in his career about being a number one pick, like being, you know, a unicorn and just not getting it done. And he finally wins a ring in the bubble. Um, so then a lot of that stuff going away and now he still, you know, still gets a heavy amount of criticism, I think. But I'm with you. I, I just I just come back to Carl for whatever it's worth. And both of us can have different opinions and we can both poke holes in the other opinions. But he just gets criticized kind of for everything he says. And some of that's right. Some of that's wrong. But if you just kind of put it all aside and simply just have like a let's start fresh or whatever, like there is there aren't probably 10 players in the entire NBA. Forget the Wolves that have I don't want to say more to prove, but it's just generally a bigger year coming for them yeah. because if Carl doesn't play that well, I'm pretty sure he's not going to live here next year. So mm-hmm. if he plays really well, maybe they pivot off of Rudy, right? Like he kind of controls the narrative is, and is what you're saying. It's like, if you just start walking on water instead of just treading water, you can just shut up a lot of people. And that would be, if I was in his circle, what I'd be telling him is like, hey, man, like if you just go out there and do what you do best and shoot eight or nine threes and just drive and you're a great teammate, you're you know, you're the most perfect two on a championship team. Everyone will everyone will leave you alone yeah. so you can control that. But if you say dumb things and you give us nine points on five of 15 shooting in game one of a playoff series, it's just going to continue to get loud. Yep. Yep. Uh, I got one more here for now for. uh for the feedback section here, John Mulebauer says, Phil and Kyle, I know it's the news abyss of the offseason here. However, a great filler topic 
with the personal experiences and even better yet, the oh my God, what the hell was I thinking moments that life always finds a way to show its face. Could you guys tell any stories about uh, times where you like screwed up in your careers or life? Wow. He says, it's a great way for the fans of the show to get to know both of you and not just for the NBA content. Keep up the great work. So, wow, John. I So that's been something I've debated for the seven years I've been doing this is just how much do people just want hoops versus how much do you want like a little more? That's why I've loved yeah. this podcast because we've branded it as a lifestyle podcast. We try to get into more things. Uh, but that comment actually low-key, it kind of hit me in the feels because that's what I try to bring to this is that uh, I am not as smart as Dane. I'm not as well-versed as Britt Robson. Um, but there's other ways, and this would kind of pivot too into if you're trying to get into this. Um, I never like the people that are like, just, you know, I want to be the next Zach Lowe. You shouldn't, you won't be the next Zach Lowe. I'm sorry. Like, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Find the niche that you're good at, whether that be really terrible food analogies or whatever. Just find something that you're good at, that you're passionate about. And that's how you can cover the wolves, or the twins, or the links of the Vikings. So, and also, too, with all that said, you're just stuck with me. I'm just going to continue to give you personal anecdotes. I have a couple here. We're finding out today in real time that aliens are real. Might have to do a pod on oh, that. I, um, dude, I, I've, been, I've been literally like recording podcasts for yeah, five straight hours alert. here. So what can I Google to read more about this? Uh, if you just hop on, uh, uh, is it Zeter? Not really sure. Twitter, whatever that website is now. If you oh, just yeah. hop on the X. I love how it's like, it's, yeah, what do you even call it? It's funny because it's all rebranded to X, but then it still has like a tweet button. And they don't even own the Twitter. copyright to X because I think Mark Zuckerberg does. I mean, it's just uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's 101 how to run a company. But uh, I did appreciate that. And I you do need to just I think you can search UFOs. They're doing a big thing in Washington today. Um, but yeah, cool. We'll continue to bring. I have my question of the day is about that. I did just want to I'm going through the text I sent you. And I don't want to forget this because some people listening really, really like this stuff. <clears throat> but. Oh, wow. anyone... A former U.S. intelligence agent says the government is in possession of UFOs and non-human biolo- uh, biologics. Okay, wow. Yeah, so they said aliens He's are a, what's real. A, it's a UFO whistleblower. Yeah, I think they saw the video I tweeted out about Ant, and they're like, wow, aliens, like he, that's not human. So Non-human bodies are in their position. So this is the first time anyone has ever under oath said this. Wow. Also, like, if you if anyone just wants to hit me up on any sort of social whatever, I could just go all day about aliens and then the pyramids because I have some <laughs> questions. Pyramids are the most enticing. Like, how did we yeah, do it? Like, yeah, how? Yeah. How did like if you understand the science of like how to move each one of those limestone blocks or whatever, it takes like weeks or years or whatever. It's like, how did they? I Again, dude, I'm with you, man. There's some some weird stuff, man. Um, But no, back to back. I think this happened last week, Phil, and you guys maybe talked about it on Purple Daily, but the NFL is announcing uh, jerseys because the NFL season is coming up. And I know there's a segment of the the fan base that really loves jerseys. So uh, as the unofficial jersey reporter, um, the city edition jerseys that were all the rage to some and designed by kid picks uh, to others that were inspired by, I think it was, is it the John Lennon mural downtown? You know what uh, I'm talking about? Bob like Dylan. The multi- Bob Dylan. John. Yeah. Uh, not good with names, but the uh, colorful the John bon, The John Bon Jovi. Uh, uh, John, John Legend. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. uh, that, that jersey, I think, is discontinued. It was a one-off. So they will have new city edition jerseys uh, again this, this, off, or this next season. But there's also a rumor, if you Google this and go um, Hardwood Classic Timberwolves, there's a white Hardwood Classic. It sounds like the Wolves might be getting a Hardwood Classic, which basically is just... They're yeah. going to go find one of the coolest throwbacks the Wolves had and kind of 
revitalize those. So if those do actually come out and leak, I'll try to confirm, but there, there is a potential for this team this upcoming season to have a really, really strong kit of, uh, of uniforms. Let's get KG in the building for when they wear those jerseys the first time this season. Let's get, I need cage. If this team's going to, if Anthony Edwards is going to take another step and this team's going to do what they were supposed to do last year, I need KG sitting front row behind the basket. That's KG, KG was uh, in, I think he works for Showtime or stars. He yeah. was in uh, Vegas doing interviews and stuff. And he did an interview with Chet Holmgren, Minnesota kid. They had a really cool back and forth. And Chet was saying like, you kind of inspired me and stuff. And great interview. All I did while watching it was just like, I just need to see that interview with Ant. I just need to see yeah. who are, you know, the two most essentially polarizing biggest names in the 34-year history of this team. They need to sit down and have a talk. And Ant would just suck that up. He would just love it, talking to an OG. And I know Garnett loves kind of the mentorship thing he's been doing with these guys. So yes. I'm with you, man. Just whether they got to get Glenn out a couple weeks early, but that has to be on the forefront of this season as well as you need that number needs to be retired in the rafters just as much. Oh my God. Just as much as they need a banner. Like you got to honor that guy is because sad. he like, is the only reason this team exists. I've said this and this is, this sounds callous, but I've said this before on the show. The only two banners that they've hung on the Timberwolves side are to honor the deceased. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. 33 and a half decades. It's like the, Literally, it's like two deceased people, not to be, you know, insensitive. Let's get a let's get a living legend. The only real like anything close to Hall of Fame player in franchise history that that I don't think it happens until after Glenn Taylor is officially no longer majority owner of the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Rodriguez has connected with Kevin Garnett at least a couple of and, times. And so in is the Mark last Laurie. Year or so. He's been greasing the wheels for sure. So there are ongoing conversations, at least, you know, at least the, I don't know, there's been dialogue, I guess. We're not, not, not reporters here, but we do hear some things once in a while. So, and Kevin Garnett, you know, was trying to get into possibly buying the team, right? So, like, there also is some bridges to kind of mend there. Is like, he probably wasn't amped about the fact that he didn't buy the team. So yeah. whatever the details are and the things that we don't know, at the end of the day, like, you're a franchise that basically has one good player. In, in three and a half decades, yeah. you need to honor that man as much as possible because it's not like one of those athletes that kind of just disappears into the wilderness. He's a forward media member, personality talking head, and you want that guy, for better or worse, on your side for down the road when the stuff starts to come out about can you win in Minnesota, can Ant do this? But like you want a guy like Kevin Garnett in your corner being like, yeah, I, you can do it in soda, Ant. Just this yes. is how I'll help you out. Yes. I just thought of something, by the way. We've been talking about – so uh, Chris Hine from the Star Tribune is going to join the show next yes. week. We're going to get some guests on here. Jim Peterson's going to come on. Mm-hmm. Should we get Jim Peterson on to help me unveil my top 100 Timberwolves list? I want he could I, just provide – I mean, it might take four hours to go through that with him, but like – We'll do a live show one day, just all day. He, <laughs> he would be great because I wanted to ask him too, like a, like a Mount Rushmore of Minnesota basketball athletes because – you know, like Kevin McHale is on there. I, I that came to me when I was watching some of the uh, the pro am stuff right now going on in Minnesota. Like all the Jones brothers are there, mm-hmm. and like Tyus Jones has no reason that he has to keep coming back to this stuff, but he does. Uh, and I think that stuff is just as important as anything we talk about. It's that organic basketball growth of seeing the guys that grew up here coming back. 
that's big for the next generation of fans, the next generation of athletes. So, yeah, we'll get Jim Pete on and we'll just do another list. Yes. Uh, do we have a Kyle's question of the week officially yep. here before we short. wrap the episode? Don't think I've gone into this before. Very understanding that there's a lot of context missing. So I'm just going to keep it simple and then we can go anywhere we want for the last couple of minutes. Do you tip when you go get carry out? Oh, that's a great one. So first of all, I don't, I, I, I would rather just get it delivered more often than carry out because mm -hmm. I okay, feel like, okay, if it's fair. actually like five or 10 bucks, I'd rather just like stay home. But I do, if, if there is a, yeah, like some restaurants, they'll just give you your food that you paid for or whatever, but I do leave a little tip, I guess. Yes. But you've opened up a conversation about, I do feel like the, the tipping requests have gotten a little out of control, you know, like if I'm supposed to pay you to do a job, like that's the transaction. So I had a, I had a couple issues when we lived in in uh, Seattle, our townhouse, where uh, self-inflicted yeah. had to like hire a plumber and a couple other like contractors. And, you know, when you're filling out something like they'll give you the uh, I don't know, the, the, the device to like and then they'll hand it to you. And there's like a tip section. Like what, what, what do they what do they say though? They give you they they give you the iPad and like oh it's just gonna it's ask just you a couple questions. Couple questions. It's like, you know what those they, questions are. Don't lie yeah. to me. <laughs> I know. It's like I don't know. So if I'm tipping the person that made my like the service is making the food to me like the 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 tipping part would be if I'm at the table and you're you know going out of your way to make my experience better or if you're driving to my house like okay there's a tip right. But if I so I, I don't I don't know where the line ends between paying for a service. And then giving a tip sometimes. And there is a much larger like economic conversation here about. Correct. So I, we are leaving out a lot of context. I want to stress that. I just also want to stress that anyone who listens to this, who actually knows me, Phil would be one of them. Like I'm probably, I feel one of the more generous people in the world. I will just Venmo Phil. If I know he's flying out somewhere, I'm like, here's five bucks, get a Starbucks. <laughs> um, but like the two issues I'm coming up with is if I go on the Panera app, they're not a sponsor, are they? And I order my food and I have to go drive into Beaverton to pick it up. I should not be asked on the app to tip. That's just yeah. like, because I'm also, why are you tipping beforehand? What if you tip on the app and then you get there and it's like, I don't know, like you see them peeing in your cup. Well, you know? and, well there's the tip already processed. And I don't know if you ever uh, scoot your way over to a crumble cookie. Um, it's a guilty pleasure of mine, but the cookies there are like one cookie for like $6. But then when I pay, it's these tip options of like two, three or $4. And not a mathematician, but like four dollar tip 30, on a six 30, cookie. Yeah, dude. That's <laughs> that is. I'm not. I'm not sure. Despite the struggles we have as an economy, that I need to tip sixty six percent for a cookie that you pulled out of a fridge and put in a box. So <laughs> I want to like my my baristas. If you put like a little drizzle yeah. in my mocha that makes it look like a basketball, I might tip you the full okay. price. Here's but, another one. Uh, dude, here's another one. Not if I'm so picking we, it up. I would say like once a week, maybe twice. If I'm being honest. We'll do like an Uber Eats or something. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, we're out of groceries, but we don't really want to go out to eat. So what about sushi tonight, right? So on those apps, the tip options are usually a percentage of oh. whatever the bill is, right? But here's the thing. Okay, if I'm sitting, if I go into your restaurant and I'm sitting down at your table, okay, yeah, tip like 20, I guess, tip 20% because like they're handling the low, I don't know, whatever. You're in the building, you tip 20% or 30%, whatever you want to of the service that you're experiencing. But if, okay, let's say I order a $10 Subway versus a, a $70 bag of sushi. Yep. 
shouldn't the tip to the driver, and they're the same distance away, shouldn't the tip to the driver be the same? Like, they're yes. not making the food. They're not uh-huh. doing any. They're, they're taking a bag of food. doesn't matter if it's a cookie or if it's, you know, now uh-huh. if, no, if it's 10 bags of food, okay. You know, but it, the tip shouldn't be in relation for, like, Uber Eats to how much the food costs, right? Am I wrong about no, this? No, and I'm 100%. And, again, now we're just going to do a nine-hour podcast. <laughs> I tip 20% nearly all the time. Any, like, I, like, I do it. It's these special situations where it's like, and also if the iPad pulls up a percentage, again, it has some questions, just look, and they always turn away and they put it in front of my face. If one of the options is 30%, I just need you to know that like, we're, we're all kind of in it together. We're all kind of struggling a little bit. Life's expensive. Eggs are $14 a carton. If it's 30%, you have to feed me. You have to put the food in my mouth. Because I'm not sure what I'm tipping 30% on, but that is absolutely mind-blowing, especially if it's a cookie or it's like picking up a soup and a piece of bread from Panera. So, end rant, would love to hear people's comments. I'm sure some are not going to love it, but I want to help. It's just I can't actually – I can't fund Crumble. Otherwise, I should just buy my own store. I can't do it. I'm curious to hear people's comments too because I don't know. I'm with you. My wife and I – generally just like all right let's be generous as much as we can but there are certain things like i'm probably not tipping the plumber i don't know like should i be tipping the plumber i don't know i don't know i don't know maybe maybe the plumber should be uh should be tipping me for <laughs> cleaning up the mess that was there before he got there i don't know if i got to tip 66 percent at crumble i'm going to start changing instead of having my name on here i'm just going to have my venmo and people <laughs> can just tip me i did nothing for you i just tried to entertain you but you yeah. know what I did. What was chair, this so. podcast worth to you? That's what we need to know. Was it worth 30% or was it maybe it was worth us paying you 30% since you're 53 minutes into this thing right now in the dead of the NBA offseason? <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. We owe, we owe people money, not, not the other <laughs> way around. So anyways, click the subscribe button and the like button on the Score North YouTube channel. And if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it'll help spread the word about this Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. He's Kyle. I'm Phil. This is Flagrant Howls on Score North.